Welcome, welcome, welcome to EM Over Easy. I'm Tanner. Drew Kelnuff. And Andy Little. Yes, we uh, finally got together again for all three of us. I think the last few we've recorded have been separate uh, or had a guest, so it's nice to just be back to the core group. It's good to be here. Um, I think Drew had a question that he wanted to bring up and talk about. It's not really a question. It's kind of a, well, yes, question. How do we handle this? But, uh, you know, one of the things about emergency medicine that we love and we hate is shift work, right? So uh, nothing is better to me personally than a Wednesday I off. I love it. Because I can get so much done. Everything's open. And uh, not that I don't love my family because I love them dearly, but the wife's at work and the kid's at school. Um, but what comes with shift work also is that we're always changing our schedule. So one day you're working at uh, 6 a.m., opening up a pod or uh, taking over the night dock. Then you transition, hopefully, to the afternoon. And then at some point, you're going to work some night shifts. You know, some people are going to be lucky enough to be in shops where there's not really a night shift or there's a, uh, there's a nocturne uh, that covers most of it. Uh, but um, where we are in our lives right now, we're all working night shifts still. And how do we make that switch to working afternoon, evening, swing shifts to then flipping around and being back early in the morning because it it, uh, it messes you up. And there's a lot of ways that people handle these schedules. Uh, unfortunately, where we are right now, that, that isn't happening. So you, you tend to do these flips um, and flops a lot. And so I'm curious, what are you guys doing? How do you manage yourselves and, and manage your change in schedule? No, this is kind of the impaired question that you get from a lot of younger residents asking you know, upper levels, how do they do it? Probably one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was an intern from one of my seniors was um, he was a big believer in naps. And so his big thought was is that if you go from a string of nights and then maybe have a 24-hour, 36-hour turnaround, we've all had to do that before. His thought was is that that last day you stay up a little longer than you normally would, you know, go for a run, go to the, go to the store, run some errands, um, where you typically just go home and go to sleep. So stay up a little bit longer, take a short nap that afternoon, and then force yourself to be awake. And that's like kind of the vicious way to turn it. Um, but for me, I kind of modify that to where I just take, I'm definitely a big big fan of naps in between these, to where I take a couple short naps um, in that 36-hour period, knowing that my sleep schedule is not going to flip until How after my next many shift starts. naps? For me, it's probably three, two and a half hour naps over that 36 hour period to where I get to see Andy. He's uh, he's like his alarm goes off on his, his watch or his phone. He goes, oh, it's nap time, guys. And he just leaves his family, lays down for 20 minutes. You see that. 20 minutes later, comes back another half hour later. Oh, it's another nap time. Puts a tie on in between just to do it. Yeah, just to do it. I mean, it's like I'm, I got to take several short naps. This is how I switch back to days. I feel like Drew has been to my house when this happens. Um, so, yeah, no. It, and, and, and I say that because it's a lot easier when my, my family isn't home. Um, but when my kids are home, you know, the biggest thing is, is that I just try to be up with them as much as I can. But know that I'm not going to get a full hour night sleep or typical night of sleep um, in between those shifts um, so I think the big thing is, is just coming up with what works for you um, but for me I'm a big fan of naps and then uh, I always also plan that in that 36 hours I give myself some to do stuff um, so I'd like so I'm just not like taking some naps and then aimlessly walking around the house so I actually have some active active awake time so whether that's exercise or again running errands or catching up on vlogs or something like that so nice I think for me I I'm on nights, nights, nights. I get off my night shift. I'm going to go home and I try to crash for, depend on what kind of flip time I have. If I have a couple days to flip, I'll get a little bit longer nap um, of like four hours. If it's a shorter time, I'll just usually do like three, three and a half hours and then just get up and power through. Basically trying to force myself to be exhausted by the time normal time to sleep comes around. 
Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's terrible. Actually, most of the time it's terrible. But I haven't really found any other way. And I've tried to think about... Because when I'm transitioning at night, I just stay up later. And it goes so much better. And just continuing that cycle, I don't even know how to explain this. Like, I can't think of a logical way to do it, except for you would just go, you'd sleep your normal amount, you'd wake up, and then your next transition day... it doesn't work if you only have like 24 hours to flip, but you could transition. You could just literally stay or do your normal sleep for overnight, get up, do your overnight, and then just keep staying up longer over that course of time. It wouldn't be as fast, but it may be more tolerable to your body. I don't know. I've never tried it, actually. just thought about it a lot. Yeah. Kind of interesting. I know you, you spend a lot of time before going into your shifts doing that kind of push yourself back, but your your back end yes. tends to be a lot rougher. Yes. I, I, I personally take a shock and awe approach to it, which is basically <laughs> I, I try to take a, a I treat my day before a night shift like a, a typical day off where I get a bunch done. I'm relatively active. I do try to take a longer nap uh, after dinner, have an earlier dinner with the family. Describe uh, long nap. Uh, long nap for me is more than two hours. Okay. So, and, and it gets a little risky because sometimes you get yourself into a little bit of that REM sleep and then you're waking yourself up where you're, you're absolutely you exhausted like and it takes, it takes uh, an effort. So I have to be careful with that. So I find that if I'm less than three hours, I'm usually okay. If I'm pushing anything two and a half, three hours, it starts to get a little bit rough. Um, and then... On the back end, I kind of do the same thing as you guys already talked about, which is, although I go to bed typically right away uh, and sleep till maybe noon or one o'clock, get up. And then my big thing for managing in between is is exercise. And I make the day that I'm switching back uh, my biggest exercise day. So I'm a big runner and biker. That tends to be my long workout. So I'm getting up earlier, so I have more time in the afternoon before I pick up the kid from school or the wife and the kid come home. I'm 100% dinner, whatever. Got a good exercise. And, and so I... I I believe that regular exercise helps with night shifts anyway because it, it wears you out, it puts you on a regular schedule, it helps your body. Um, it also gets you out in the afternoon when maybe there's still some daylight left. In the summer, not a big deal right now. It's awesome, but in the winter, this is a huge deal, so you actually get some sunlight. But that's my you know, big day for a half marathon training, so 8 to 10 miles, or it's a two-hour bike ride or something like that, so then I'm tired. Do you feel that your times are worse on those flipping days in so terms it's, of it's your competition? You know, so that's interesting. My, my runs are fine. My heart rate is higher when I do nights. Yeah, so we have talked I, about I tend that. to be 10 to 20 beats higher for the same pace and distance when I'm doing exercising after uh, night shifts night shift sleeping and then getting up than I am during a regular period so it definitely it definitely has an effect don't tell your PCP that they'll probably send you to the ER yeah hashtag PE but then there's some other things that go on too so I I, I, I use melatonin when I do nights do you? so I, I was, that was going to be my next question I take melatonin chemical prophylaxis I take, uh, I take melatonin um after my first night shift before I go to bed uh, you know half hour before I go to bed as I'm having my my late night snack uh, or in this case early morning snack I have been really bad about this but I try to decrease the amount of water I drink uh, over the last couple hours there's nothing like worse than, yeah. than waking up at 11 in the morning uh, yeah. in the middle of your sleep having to pee and the oh issue then gosh, isn't that is peeing but the issue is that you're exposing yourself to a lot of bright light and, and then, then you're awake to bed, and then you can't go back to sleep and then I typically use melatonin for the next day or two after I switch off at night and then I don't use it in between um and then a couple other things to do. So decreasing fluid intake. Uh, obviously, uh, no caffeine after like six in the morning if my plan is to be in bed by by nine or ten. 
Um, and then recently, because I moved and my bedroom is not as dark as it used to be, I actually have a sleeping mask. And that's made a huge difference in the quality of my sleep um, because it's actually dark. It's just very awkward when you wake up and you're disoriented because it's black and you forget that you have a mask on your face. <laughs> I, I kind of want a video in my room to see what I look like when I wake up. And, I'm like, and the dog's looking at me like I'm absolutely crazy. And then I realize that I have a mask covering my face and all is well in the world. So that's kind of how I, I manage it. So the, the next question is, when you're doing your string of nights, do you nap before you go into your shift or not? Because that's something that I've started doing where I kind of, I sleep, I get my, I've this six hours of sleep, and that's about all I can do after a night shift. I exercise, I have dinner with the family, and then at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, I go, hey, you know what, for the next hour, hour and a half, or if I'm working a little bit earlier night shift, I, earlier, I'm going to go lay down for 45 minutes or an hour. And even if I don't sleep, I get that kind of like rejuvenation, uh, quick nap before I go in for my night shift. And I find that's, that's really helped. Yeah, no, I started doing that uh, second year. And it's to me, it's made the huge difference between nights. For those but, of you, but that, Andy, your, your night of sleep is like the equivalent to my nap. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no, it's an insomniac. I tackle it a little differently, but there are some insomniacs out there that do emergency medicine. So um, typically, in the string of night shifts, so I'll get home maybe seven thirty eight. I try to stay up until the kids get on the bus, um, which for me is about eight thirty, and then I sleep from eight thirty till about noon, and that's about as long as I can sleep. Um, and then typically that's, that's about a nap, and that's yeah, it's a nap for Drew, but that's about a restful night's sleep after a night shift for Andy. Um, but then you know I do the same thing Drew does. I eat dinner at about six o'clock that night, and then I'll sleep for maybe seven thirty to nine thirty. And then because if I'm not up an hour and a half before my shift, I'm too groggy and I'm too um, uh, just not with it enough to go to work. So, but know that that two hours between seven thirty and nine thirty, I'm not always sleeping. Sometimes I'll be like, I'm gonna go read now. We need something that takes low energy. I can sit down and do it. Yeah, mental um, energy is not being spent. To where it's literally, I'm just just hanging out. Sometimes I get some sleep, but sometimes I don't. So, mine varies, and it's it's really I just have a, a total number that I look for. I'm trying to get somewhere between six and seven hours. If it's a little bit less, that's fine. I. I can do a string of nights and only get five hours of sleep every single night, and I'll be fine. But by the end, I'm going to crash. I know that after f- roughly five days, five hours of sleep every night is just going to be—it's it's, going to catch up to me. But the, um, the the big thing for me is just a total number, and whether it's three hours in the beginning, three hours beforehand, four in the beginning, two, whatever it is, I just look for a total around six. If I if I'm lucky and can do it seven, but usually it's more like six. Yeah. I, I found with. For me personally, with good sleep hygiene, and we'll kind of take this one step further, and then we can get off this whole sleep thing if you guys want. But, but what what are you doing? Um, so I, with good sleep hygiene, I'm able to crank out six, seven hours of sleep. And the only issue I run into then if I don't go to bed right away when I get home is that I run out of time in the afternoon before it's uh, it's family time. Because I do make sure that I dedicate a couple hours sure. in the afternoon, evening to, to family time on these morning points. One of the bonuses of night shift is that um, so you can see your family oftentimes in the morning before they, they head off to work, and then you get quality time with them in the afternoon and it's, it's one of the many reasons why I love night shift but um, I've really put an effort on no digital time before I go to bed so the half hour before I go to bed is, and, and once I'm in my bedroom the TV doesn't go on my cell phone I don't read my, off my cell phone I, nothing off an iPad or a computer to really decrease that additional light stimuli and it was hard because you know one of the things I used to do all the time as I was falling asleep is I would you know what's going on Facebook or Twitter or check my emails one last time before I go to bed but not doing that has allowed me to 
fall asleep and stay asleep much better. And, and it, it was a small change, but a huge change, and it's, it's actually seemed to work out really, really well for me. Yeah, no, I, I can't agree more. Um, it's one of those things where I get home, and I typically plug my phone in up in the kitchen, and I leave it there. I'll set an alarm on my watch to wake up. That way I don't have the, even the temptation of it. But it's, it's made a huge difference. Um, it was something that I didn't really realize until I was about the end of my first year that I would come home and check the you know the social media universe what was going on at six o'clock in the morning everybody was asleep um, but it makes it, it makes a big difference turning it off and just unplugging for that 30 minutes before you go to bed I've thought about it I, so my way to get me to bed is I have a trigger and there's a rain app that I use on my phone and it's 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 hilarious now I've done it so much ever since intern year when I had to sleep whenever I could on you know random shifts or 24-hour shifts or whatever I put that on, and within a couple minutes, I'm asleep because my brain just knows, oh, rain app's on? Sweet. Let's sleep. You know, you know what my trigger is? A pillow. Yeah. Within yeah. a couple minutes of my head being on a pillow. I, I could be wide awake in the, in the afternoon watching a cartoon with my kid. I put my head on a pillow when I'm asleep. But that's the benefit is I don't have to be on a pillow. I could literally be on a plane or wherever. Listen, all my shoulder can be a pillow, all right? Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, this is a very abstract pillow. It's anything that resembles something for my head to rest on. They give me my dirty socks as I place them over my that's hair. That's disgusting. Yeah. This turns. This, this sounds like we need to do an experiment of what we can cause Drew to fall asleep on. In quote hashtag. Your your shoulder sitting next to me right now. Drew's pillow. After two cups of coffee and sleeping at least six hours last night will probably give me. A fall asleep. I don't know. It's pretty solid. You might hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what else I was gonna say. Anything else you guys do to manage just maybe not overnights, but just transitioning shifts, right? So I, I find actually more awkward than an overnight shift is the, the swing shift. Yeah. Um, so that uh, for, for me, it's the, the three to one. Not too bad. I tend to wake up a lot earlier than I want to, so I see my family in the morning because the hard part is then you don't see your family in the afternoon. The worst shift is our pseudo overnight shift, which is the 5 p.m. to 3 uh, because it's really hard to get up to see your family in the morning, but then I tend to be out of the house before. And gets home. you got to make the decision either to stay up. I, these are just kind of awkward things, and then I, I, I I don't know how to transition my body for that one as well. I, I don't do as well with those as I do with my overnight shifts, where you're truly flipping your schedule. Yeah, those are hard. Um, for me, again, I guess maybe one of the benefits and curses of being an insomniac is, is that I flip about the same regardless of what shift it is, but it's really hard mostly because I really enjoy the family time before I go to work, and that's what the five to three takes from you, is you don't get to have that awake time with your fam. Um, but, I mean, the biggest thing is, is that it, for me, it's just that whenever I see a bunch of fighter threes together, I just know I'm going to have a rough couple of days um, because I'm going to be wired enough that when I get home from a five to three, because the last couple hours are kind of exciting, they load your pod, you get busy. So are, are they exciting? Well, to me, they, they're stimuli, they, you get enough stimulus to where I don't fall asleep until about five or six that morning. They tend to make me angry because you get that really sick patient. They're like, oh, it's just a level three belly pain. Don't worry about it. It's 12.55 when you're supposed to stop taking patients at one. And it turns out to be the biggest disaster you've had all day, and then you're there till so every 3.30, 4 o'clock, yeah. and, and I, I have steam come out of my ears, little devil horns come up, the nurses go from thinking I'm a nice guy, think I'm the biggest jerk in the world, um, no, they always think I'm a pretty big jerk, so never mind there, but... No, but maybe that's why I stay up late after the shift. Yeah, so I, I, five to three is really my enigma. I've never been able to figure out a way to go to go home and go to sleep before five thirty. My, my brain's just on. Maybe it's just because it's the weird time of the day. Um, but for me, it's actually so I'll I'll go to those are actually ones where oddly I get more sleep after a five to three. So I'll get home, go to sleep about five thirty. I'll get wake up at noon, and then I'm up from noon to probably till I go to work. And those are always hard because I really miss that 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 ninety minute or two hour little kind of siesta in the after in the night that I would typically have before a night shift. 
to where I come into that five a little actually, even though I slept more, a little more exhausted than I typically would because I didn't have a rest. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like when I wake up at, at noon, I'm like, oh, I only have five hours till my shift. I have to get a bunch of stuff done at home before I go to work. So I never really get that kind of reset before I go to work. So they're, they're hard. Um, you just got to pray you don't have a bunch of them in a row. I don't mind them in general because it fits my schedule well. It's your lifestyle. It's, the only the only detriment is that I don't get to you know family life isn't great for those a string of those. But in terms of sleep and getting things done, all that kind of stuff, it works out just fine for me. But I don't know. It, it's not a that one's not a major issue except for I just don't see my wife for three days straight or whatever it is. So for any of you listeners out there, my listeners, I mean all two of you that do emergency medicine that might actually be listening to this podcast, we'd love to hear what you guys are doing. Or if anyone's doing circadian scheduling, that's something I've become a little bit interested in to see if that's making a big difference and how uh, how the scheduling is actually performed. So, yeah, what uh, does everyone else use? Please please let us know. Reach out to us and we can uh, cover some of this again because yeah. it's uh, a pretty big deal in emergency medicine. It is. So. It is. Awesome. Well, I think that's a wrap. Thanks for listening and I uh, can't wait to talk to you on the next round of EM Over Easy. Bye-bye. Yeah.